So this morning, I do want to, I want to go into uh, uh, Second Thessalonians. Um, and I'll tell you, there was a reason why I wanted to go there this morning. It's because this being uh, New Year's Eve, um, in the uh, in the ESV, there's a passage in Second uh, Thessalonians that is rendered a certain way, and uh, it's actually the the end of of chapter one. And we'll probably just read all of chapter one and then do some discussion over it. But uh, you'll see when we get near the end of chapter one why this is kind of pertinent for uh, today, if uh, if no other day of the year. So turn with me to Second Thessalonians, and we'll go to chapter one. And um, actually, we'll, we'll start at verse five this morning, and just read down through uh, the end of verse twelve, and um, talk about what what the Apostle Paul is saying to the Thessalonians this morning, and <clears throat> how we can apply it to a new year of life, um, a new year for us here in this church and individually. Paul writes to them, he says, This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us. <clears throat> when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven, with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified with his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good in every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So so Paul is is giving them a little bit of a reminder here of of what what is coming on the day of judgment and how those that have afflicted suffering upon them will face judgment. Those who have rejected God will face a judgment. But he's also reminding them that since they're believers, that they have something to look forward to. And and as he reminds them of these things and tells them of these things, and he starts to kind of wrap up this this passage in verse 11. Again, this is the ESV rendering. I know it varies in, uh, in, in King James and, and others. In verse 11, he says, To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. When I think about this time of year, I always wind up falling back on this this thing that so many people do at this time of year, and that's make resolutions. And, and this passage has always spoke to me that 
when it comes to us looking forward and trying to make a decision about what we should be doing or things that we should aspire to come the new year, this passage has always spoke to me in a way that it reminds me that the first thing that I should be doing when I decide to make a resolution or decide to make a plan or decide to say that next year I want to do this that I need to be reminded that it's not of my power that I get to do anything. That it is all strictly from God's power that I get to accomplish anything at all. And because that's the case, we should be resolving or looking forward to setting goals and accomplishments that are in line with God's will. Not only that, but just in line with what he's called us to do as servants. And and sometimes I think it's easy for us to get to get off of that path because when we talk about resolutions, we oftentimes think about our own personal our, our own personal um, uh, not just goals but but things that we want to fix, things that we'd like to do differently. And and oftentimes we do that. We'll say, well. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to change this about myself. When in reality, if you're trying to do anything on your own, what's going to happen? You're going to fail. Failure is, is, they say failure is not an option. Well, it's always an option if you're trying to do it alone. It's always an option if you're trying to do it without God. And so as Paul is talking to the, to the folks at, at, at Thessalonians, to the, to the Thessalonians here, the church at Thessalonica, <coughs> he's reminding them that God is calling you to certain things. And you should resolve to do those things. And verse 11 and 12 is actually his prayer for how those things will come about. But it's more than that. It's not just how those things will come about. It's what will happen in the life of the believer as they in, as they resolve to carry these things out. And so if you look at what he's saying, he says that, that we pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling. So what's he saying? He's saying that God, he wants God to work in the life of the believer so that they may become worthy to do what they've been called to do. So if 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 you're a believer in Christ and you we know that that means you've been called to ministry of some sort, then Paul's prayer as if we extend this to us today is that that through these actions and, and that through what you resolve to do, God will work in your life and bless you and will make you worthy of doing what it is that he's called you to do. Because you want to be a worthy servant, do you not? You want to be someone who is endeavoring to do what God has called him to do, but not just that, to do it most efficiently, to do it in the most obedient manner possible. If we're holding Christ up as our example for everything that we do each and every day, then then we should be striving for 100% obedience. And one of the biggest downfalls that I have, and I think everybody tends to have, is not just yeah. lack of obedience, but perhaps delayed obedience. It's, I know you want me to do this, Lord, but I'm not entirely sure I'm ready. And God is saying, I've called you to this. If I've called you to this, then you're ready. 
you're ready to step out. You're ready to go. I'm behind you 100%. And delayed obedience is the same as disobedience. Would you agree? So what these verses tend to remind me of is that if I'm going to try and resolve to do something for the year to come, and what's funny is that the further the year is, I first taught this, actually I preached a sermon on this back in 2016. And every year when I go back and look over some old notes and various things that, that I've talked about, I forget about this completely. I totally forget that I ever talked about this, that, that this was even, was, was, was even a, a topic of discussion for me. So it seems like every year, as the, this, is, this is why we need to continually study, right? Because we allow things to get in our way. We allow things to push God's word off to the side, and God's word starts to become secondary the more that we get involved in this, the day-to-day stresses and the day-to-day turmoil that, that, that we start trying to deal with. And we have to go back into God's word constantly to remind ourselves of what he tells us, what he teaches us, and what he says that we should do. And so Paul continues to pray here that that not only will you be made worthy, but that that all of these things will happen. And a reminder there says every work of faith by his power. It becomes a work of faith when you hand it over to God. It becomes a work of faith when you say, this is what we're going to do because God has called us to do this and we are going to trust in his promises that he will complete it and that through each and every step of the way we can say that he is there in the verse 12 paul goes on to say so that the name of our lord jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our god and the lord jesus christ so the question goes back around why do we pray that God will be successful using us? Why do we pray that we will we will be successful in our endeavors, whatever they may be? Well, Paul is saying here, we are praying for success so that you may become worthy of the position that God has given you and so that we may bring glory to, to our Lord. Ultimately, that's that's our goal. That each and everything we do, everything we say, every place we go, and every task that we complete, we'll be looking to say, how do we glorify the Lord through this process? What can we do to lift him up and bring attention to him and bring him the glory that he so righteously rightly deserves? And if that's not a good New Year's resolution, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I, I have to go back, like I said, each year and remind myself because there, there are things where I look at the, the first of the year. I don't. I tend to not look at it as a fresh start like a lot of people do. To me, it's more of another day because um, it, it really is. If it weren't for the fact that we have all these, I, I told my wife yesterday, I, we have... I think we have spent every New Year's Eve since we've been dating together, um, you know, in the same room at least. And I told her yesterday, I said, you know, I, I very well may just go to bed. <laughs> I said, I'm not sure I'm even going to stay up till midnight this time around. 
because <laughs> it just doesn't feel as though it really matters all that much. But if we, if we look at it from this perspective, and look at it from the perspective that we know that God is calling us to something, what I would urge all of us to do is for the new year, get in touch with what it is that God is calling you to do. Take the opportunity through prayer, through through study of God's word, through counsel with other Christians, and, and looking here at, at 2 Thessalonians in, uh, at the end of chapter 1, remember that when God has called you to do something, that it is through his power that you'll be able to accomplish it. And don't discount, you know, I think it was, uh, I think it was, was Charles Stanley, and uh, I've said this before in here, he said that that if, if, if God is calling you, this is a little extreme, but he said if God is calling you to put your head through a wall, he says you better understand that he's going to make a hole before you get there. And and it's it, it's, it sounds a little you know in today's day and age a little a little far fetched to say that I guess, um, but but the whole point of it is no matter what the obstacle is that's in front of you, no matter how difficult it seems, if God's calling you to do it, He's going to get you a pathway to it. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that you're not going to going to walk over uh, some hills and some valleys and and experience uh, things that are going to slow you down. And, and you may come into turmoil and trouble and strife. Um, but if, some, if God's calling you to something, you better go. And know that he'll be there with you through the process. And that if his power is behind you, you will be made worthy to accomplish it. And he will receive the glory that he deserves for helping you and providing you what you need. Think how hard was it to, to, to make that decision, knowing that you were called to get into ministry and, you know, was it, was it something you had to struggle with a bit? Uh, well, it happened over a long period of time, a couple of years, period of time, but it was just one. That's really kind of short. Yeah. But, but it didn't seem, it didn't feel. Yeah. You, know, you expect those decisions to sort of be like, yep, I'll do it. And then things just fall in line. It, it took a lot of patience on my end. But, uh, That's a word I haven't used yet, but I'm glad you said it. Patience. Yeah, well, I knew that I wanted to be involved, but I didn't know how or when or where or who or all those things. So my answer was yes, but I didn't really have opportunities. So I just sort of had to sit and wait and kind of do things that I didn't really want to be doing, like drive dump trucks and all these other things. But um, those things were fine for a while, but after a while, they're like, okay, I'm sick of this. I, this is not, I don't think this is where God wants me, but this is where he's got me right now. And, and then I'd see counsel from people, and they'd say things uh, that I didn't really want to hear at the time. So that sort of made it even heavier. Like, yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through, you know, kind of that stuff. But anyways, yeah, it was just one step. My answer was yes, but it was that it took a lot of steps to get here. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the the and the point of that going along with what with what we're talking about is that when you say yes. It doesn't mean that at that moment there's going to be a switch that will flip and the phone will ring. And, you know, when you say yes, 
it means that you're you're saying yes regardless of how difficult it gets. So you're saying yes through the drive and dump trucks. You're saying yes through whatever you have to go through, knowing that God's going to lead you through it so that He can lead you to it. And and it's that it's that initial yes that matters so much. And putting our trust in Him to allow us to be used in whatever direction that He wants us to go in. And, and so I, I, I do encourage you and encourage everybody that, that if you do nothing else at the start of a new year, just examine your walk and examine where is it that you are relative to where you know God wants you to be. Because that it's again, I think it's something that's it's so easy for us to lose sight of, thinking that we're on the right path, maybe thinking that we're doing the right thing, but then what we've done is we've we've veered off at some point, and and once we took that little little road to the side, we just kept going in that direction, and and not realizing it, you get further and further away from the path that God has called you to be on, and. Yeah. Knowing that he will provide for us, knowing that he will help us to accomplish what he's called us to accomplish, if we're on the wrong road, we never get there. Um, I, you know, Court, Wearsby a lot in here, but Wearsby was was in his commentary on these on these verses. He was talking about how he was reminded that that since it's God's power that accomplishes all things. He had an electric razor he, would, he took with him on mission work. And he said he would he would plug it in and then he'd go to use it and strangely it would be it would just be almost completely dead. And he couldn't figure out what was going on. He finally came to the conclusion that the room they were staying in, it was the the outlet was a switched outlet. <laughs> And he said that unless his wife was sitting at the desk with the light on, his razor wasn't charging. And so from that point on, he said he, he, he made this connection. It's fine to be plugged in, but you better make sure you're plugged into where the power's at. And if you're not plugged into where the power's at, you're never going to get what you need. And, and so he, he used that as a lesson to himself to make sure that when he's when he's doing things and he's endeavoring to follow to follow the Lord, is he on the right path? Because if you're not on the right path, you're getting further and further away from your power. You know, I like to like to say something I heard years ago that that your your job your job is a resource, but God is your source. And and so many times people get been out of shape and upset when they lose a resource or a resource is no longer as available as it as it was i mean I'll, I'll be completely honest with you guys at the at the end of this year our business had lost about eighty thousand dollars a year in income and we don't know where it's going to come from it's just gone and it was we knew it was coming it wasn't a surprise because it's a restructure of our of our biggest customer. Um, but that's just a resource. We know 
as a family doing business that God is our source and we continue to go back to him for everything for guidance for what the next step needs to be and again knowing that what we're going through is not necessarily something we want to go through but it's something that we know that that for whatever reason we will go through and we don't have to like it but we have to do it we have to do it and so it's trying to stay on that path and not and avoid the temptation to go off in the, uh, the wrong direction. Wearsby must have been in Australia when he was trying to charge that uh, razor. Oh, really? Did you run that too? Yeah, switch that like two or three nights to figure out how to get my fund. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's on switch. <coughs> Quiet. I was I was watching something once about the you know all the outlets. Um, whether or not they should have the grounding, the, whether or not the grounding plug should be at the bottom or the top, which way, because you see them sometimes installed upside down. And and my son Josh likes to tell me that technically, these are all upside down. Technically, the, the grounding plug is supposed to be on top. Now, where he got that from, I don't have a clue. <laughs> but I did see that it, there are some electricians, since there's no standard apparently, some electricians will install the grounding plug on top if it's a switched outlet. So if you see one in a hotel, it might be a clue that it's a switched outlet. I start throw that in tank. Good measure for the future. I changed mine out. I did do one like that because the TV cord. Yeah. It, 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 I would have had to done this. Right. It, you know? <laughs> so to keep it straight, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I did it you know, right, yeah. upside down like that. Yeah, yeah it, it apparently doesn't make any difference. There's no code one way or the other from what I've seen. But but sometimes they'll do it for a switched outlet. So, yeah. You know, see what I just did? I took a, I took a side load and just kept on going. And I and I empowered Brad to say the wrong thing. Talk about stuff that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But, you know, <laughs> um, but um, we could probably wrap a lot of this up into two words, right? All the things we're saying here, and and those two words would just be trust God. You know, figure out where you need to be and truly ask yourself, do I believe what he tells me? Do I believe him when he tells me that I can trust him? Do I believe him when he tells me that when he calls me to something that he'll be there for me? Um, let, me let me quote a few verses here that just support that idea of trusting God. Um, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 said, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts in the Lord, who, whose trust is in it. Oh my goodness, I can't do this. Sorry. <clears throat> Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for, it, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. 
there's that idea we talked about early on that oftentimes when we start to make resolutions, we are making resolutions based on our own understanding. We are we're calling upon ourselves to try to make a change and make a difference. And there's nothing wrong with setting personal goals, but it, but it's kind of like going back to the book of James when there when the, the the discussion is that you know we will go here or there and we will make money and we will do this. Well, first consider the Lord when you make your plans. First consider what God's path might look like and know that you need to be trusting in Him. Psalm 56.3 When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Proverbs 16 Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Uh, Isaiah 43 When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. I would venture to say driving a, pickup, driving a dump truck might have been one of those times when, uh, when, when you were you were going through the rivers, but it, but it didn't overwhelm you. It didn't consume you, and you stayed the course and kept saying yes, and we have that promise from God to continue on. <coughs> Psalm 143 says, let me, he- let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me, known the- make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Trusting in God is one of the hardest things that we can, can ever learn to do, but once we learn how to do it, once we truly accept what we are called to do and how to trust Him, I believe it gets easier each day as long as we continue to remind ourselves where that trust is supposed to go and we don't veer off on that that side road. Anybody have any examples of of a time when they knew they were called to do something and she just were scared to death to do it, but yet knowing and trusting led them down a path that they wouldn't change for anything. Besides you, Tink, you're disqualified. (laughs) I would say teaching. Seven years I waited for the opportunity to be doing what I'm doing and working jobs I didn't really like, but it was in my field and I thought that it would get me somewhere and then landing what I thought was my dream job and having it taken from me six months later and that dropping me where I am now. So it was a bunch of ups and downs and where am I supposed to be? And I know I'm supposed to be teaching, but this isn't it. (laughs) This isn't right. And people saying, how are you not aggravated all the time? I said, I am just in a different kind of way. (laughs) Just trusting that one day it'll get there. Seven years into it, I finally am where I am and loving it. And it was all just part of the plan that got me there. Had I got what I wanted when I wanted it, I wouldn't be where I am now and probably still be miserable. And I would imagine through each of those experiences, you you gained something that you could draw on to make you better at what you are today, where you are today. <laughs> yeah, patience is, is so... It's it's difficult. It's so difficult. But you didn't bail. You, know, you didn't bail. 
didn't, you know, they had that guy there next to you. He had, he had to probably put up with all the, the complaining and pickering. No. Excuse me. Oh, see, I'm on my business, just listening. You get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just part. Of, it's part of the plan. <laughs> Trying to behave. Anybody else have anything to, to like to share? You know, uh, when I. I had worked at Meyer Tool for for twenty almost twenty three years when I decided to leave. And uh, there were there were a number of things that I felt like I had to leave for. And uh, it was my it was my son Zachary. We were we were riding along with the truck, and so he would have been wow. He might have been twelve. 13 years old at the time, maybe, maybe something like that. We were riding along the truck and we were just having a conversation about various things. And I said, you know, I, I, I am absolutely, I'm convinced that the Lord wants me here and not here. But I said, I am absolutely scared to death to try and do this. I'm, I'm really scared to try and, and take this step out, this leap out on faith. And I said, I just don't know how it's going to be. And Zach said to me at that age, he said, well, Dad, don't you think that even if you make the wrong decision, as long as in your heart you sincerely are trying to please God and follow him and do what you really believe he wants you to do, that he'll still take care of you? And I thought, my goodness, what he's asking me is, do I trust God? He's asking me, do I really trust God or not? And I thought, I need to throw him out of the truck. Because <laughs> I don't need to hear this right now. You know, you, uh, I, I need, I, I just, I need somebody to be sympathetic to me, not to hit me across the face. Right, but no, he he smacked me across the face um, because he was he basically he was basically throwing words that we had tried to teach him back to back to to us or me in this case and say, "Where's your trust in the Lord?" You know, you you, you teach you teach us kids that that we're supposed to trust God and and answer His call, and yet you hear it calling and you're just sitting still. What you gonna do about it? And uh, so that was that was a, that was a bit of a turning point uh, for me. But I, I just think we all need a constant encouragement. Why why is it that there are so many verses throughout Scripture that talk about trusting in the Lord? Why does God say so many times throughout the Old and New Testament the same lesson over and over and over again? We must need to hear it that many times. It must be something that we are constantly needing to be reminded of. There must be something about, about, about us as, as people that it's not in our nature to trust God. It's just not something that we are, that we easily come by. 
And so we just need to occasionally be smacked across face. And uh, just, you know, just so you know, I didn't throw him out of the truck. You know, his, his, his brother tried to kill him out here on the road, though, one day with a, uh, he had him, had him uh, pull, he was pulling him out a lawnmower after one of our parade days. And Zach was riding in a little trailer, and Josh was doing one of these numbers. And that trailer got to doing this. And next thing I knew, Zach's head was on a pavement. So. Um, he comes walking over to me, and he's wondering about these numbers, and he had a big old goose egg back there. So, so if he, you know, if he's up there playing the bass and he looks a little weird, that's probably why. <laughs> Anybody have anything else they want to share this morning? <coughs> I think a lot of times our identity gets wrapped up in ourselves far, far more than it does in Christ. Like I, I was just thinking about. Um, there was a time when I was I wanted to leave the family business or I was really hating it I hate's not the right word I, I didn't want to be there yeah and I I thought of all these other things like what can I do really this was probably right at about the time I was saved somewhere if I was saved at this time I was really immature you know in, in my belief I think but um, I was interviewing with Lexington Police Department and I was sitting in front of this uh, panel of police officers that have their uniforms on, you know? It's pretty intimidating. And it's just me in there. And, and the first question they asked me is, who are you? And the responses I had were so stupid. You know, I graduated from this school. I had, I worked this job. I'm like 23, 24, maybe 25 this time. I'm listening to all these dumb, they're not dumb things, but they're just, they're dumb things. I went to NKU. I, I worked for this place. I do this thing. I, I volunteered for this thing. I neglected that I was a husband, that I was a father, that I was a believer in Jesus. I didn't say any of that stuff. It was all these like self-righteous worldly nonsense you know and i walked away from that and thinking who am i that's who i am i'm a graduate of this school or that place or this accomplishment or whatever these are stupid things that was a that was a real smack in the mouth moment and i'll never forget that no i think that's 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 a great observation to to share and really does that does that not take us back to what paul says here because he says so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him. So that you know who you are in Christ. So that you, you understand exactly what it means to be called by God to be his servant. And that applies to everybody. It doesn't just apply to being a pastor. It doesn't just apply to, to, to being a, a, a deacon or a Sunday school teacher. It applies to everybody who walks this earth. When you come in contact with other people each and every day of your life, you have a calling. You have a calling to do what what it is that God has called you to do and to share accordingly. So, and thanks for sharing this morning, Tank. Appreciate that. Um, I guess it's time for us to about wrap things up. Any final comments before we uh, depart for the day and uh, head into the sanctuary? All right. Well, thanks for being here this morning. Um, let's go ahead and close with a word prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, we are <clears throat> just so grateful for this day. Lord, grateful for this opportunity to be able to come here this morning, Lord, to study your word, uh, to, to see what the Apostle Paul has, has, um, was inspired to write uh, 
to the Thessalonians and, and to just examine what it means for us today as believers. Lord, just help us to take these words and, and apply that the, the prayer from the Apostle Paul uh, to our lives each and every day, Lord. Uh, help us to examine our calling. Uh, help us to rededicate ourselves each morning to you. And keep us on the path that you've called us on. And just know, help us to know that you will strengthen us, that you will provide for us, and that we needn't fear as long as we are endeavoring to serve you with a with a true heart. Uh, Lord, we just ask this morning that you will um, just be with Brother Tink as he uh, delivers a message. Uh, help prepare the hearts of all those who are in attendance, Lord, uh, to hear the words that are spoken. And uh, Lord, we just hope and pray as always that, um, that, that new relationships will be formed and existing relationships will be strengthened, Lord. Thank you again for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.